Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Respected elders and dear brothers, as we traverse along life's path, we are destined to encounter many challenges, tests, and trials. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, these are the varying conditions that you experience in this world, sometimes good conditions, favorable conditions, sometimes bad conditions, unfavorable conditions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says these are the conditions. We alternate them among the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there is an objective and there is a purpose. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to experience favorable consequences, unfavorable circumstances. Why? So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make evident the iman that you have within your heart. Sometimes... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to realize as an individual what true iman means. What does it really mean to have iman in Allah? And to make that evident, to bring it out so that you enjoy the sweetness of iman when you connect with Allah in that moment of difficulty or that moment of prosperity. Then you taste the sweetness of iman. Allah makes that iman evident to you. You realize the true value of iman. How often we find people without Iman when they are tested with a calamity, they are tested with a loss. There's no Iman. So there's nothing to make evident. As a result, they become suicidal. As a result, they fall into depression. But as a believer, Allah puts you in the test. It's your Iman that allows you to withstand the consequences that result from the test. In the commentary of this verse, Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi rahimahullah writes, وَالْمَعْنَى أَنَّ أَيَّامَ الدُّنْيَا هِيَ دُوَلٌ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ 
He says this verse conveys the message that the conditions of the passing days of this world fluctuate among the people. Situations will change and vary. Neither will days of happiness and prosperity last forever, nor will days of adversity and grief linger on perpetually. He says, وَلَا يَبْقَى شَيْءٌ مِّنْ أَحْوَالِهَا وَلَا يَسْتَقِرُّ أَثَرٌ مِّنْ آثَارِهَا In fact, there is not a single worldly circumstance. There's not a single worldly situation and worldly condition that enjoys perpetuity. Nor does the impact, nor does the effects of such a circumstance last forever. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah, he beautifully says, دَعِي الْأَيَّامَ تَفْعَلُ مَا تَشَاءُ وَطِبْ نَفْسًا إِذَا حَكَمَ الْقَضَاءُ وَلَا تَجْزَعْ لِحَادِثَةِ اللَّيَالِهِ فَإِنَّ حَوَادِثَ الدُّنْيَا بِغَيْرِ بَقَاءُ وَلَا حُزْنٌ يَدُومُ وَلَا سُرُورٌ وَلَا حُزْنٌ عَلَيْكَ وَلَا رَخَاءُ إِذَا مَا كُنْتَ دَا قَلْبٍ قَنُوعٍ فَأَنْتَ وَمَالِكُ الدُّنْيَا سَوَاءُ He says, let the fluctuating conditions of this world, let them pass. You have no control over the situation. That's what he tells us. You do not have control over the situations. You did not have control over what happened. You will never have control over the fluctuating conditions of the passing days of this world. So leave that aside. Don't ask yourself why, if only I could have. No, that's not within your control. What's within your control? He says, When the decree of Allah comes to pass, when Allah has taken a decision, when destiny strikes, then he says, act in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remain composed, accept and be happy. He says, do not become so consumed and overwhelmed by panic, fear and grief for the incidents and the events that happen at night and the adversity and the loss that you suffer. The events of this world, the conditions of this world do not enjoy perpetuity. Al-Imam Jalaluddin al-Rumi rahimahullah, he compares our situation. Whenever you suffer some loss or you are struggling in life, he compares beautiful parable he cites of an ant. He says you have a little ant and it is crawling through a carpet or a beautiful rug. So there's this beautiful carpet, this beautiful rug, but it's in the fiber of that rug. It does not see the beauty. It does not see the picture from above. It does not see how beautiful it is. It is trying to get from one point to the other. And it's doing so with so much difficulty. There's one fiber after another, one thread after another, one difficulty after another. And the ant asks itself that why these challenges, why these tests, why is it so difficult for me to move from point A to point B? But the designer and the manufacturer, when he looks at the rug from the top, and when he looks at the pattern, he sees something beautiful. He has a beautiful plan for that little ant. So for us as well, very often we don't understand the reasoning, the wisdom behind the difficulty and the chest and the, and the test or the challenge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to encounter in this world. 
remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a bigger plan for you. And Allah has a beautiful plan that He has worked out for you. You cannot see it at this point and at this time. But when you come out onto the other side, you will realize what a wonderful plan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed for you. A Shaykh Abdul Qadir al-Jilani, rahimahullah, he once said to his son, Ya Bunayya, inna al-musibata ma ja'at lituhlikak. Listen, O oh my son, calamity never strikes to destroy you. When Allah allows calamity to strike you and to hit you, unexpectedly calamity came your way. It was not meant to destroy you. He says, وَإِنَّمَا جَاءَتْ لِتَمْتَحِنَ صَبْرَكْ وَإِيمَانَكْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to test the perseverance that you have within you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again as Explained earlier in the verse of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to make evident the iman that lies within you. Sometimes you yourself do not know the level of iman and the power of iman. And sometimes to understand and realize the power of iman, to see how you can draw from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can only be achieved and can only be understood when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to experience difficulty, loss and hardship in the world. How does a believer react to affliction, react to loss, because that's within our control. That's what we learn from the Quran and the statement of Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah. You have no control over what happened. You have no control over the situations and circumstances of this world. But what you do have control over is how you react to that situation. The Quran's approach to how you and I should deal with grief, how you and I should react Subhanallah, it is truly a unique and most effective approach when the Quran speaks about our reaction to difficulty and loss and grief. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the famous ayah that many of us have perhaps by hearted, Ya amanu sabri wa salat. You know the normal approach when you are giving somebody advice is you would first advise the person and you would inform the person about the challenges that they would face along the way. So if a person has chosen a certain path, a career perhaps, and you are familiar with that path, you have experienced that journey, and you want to give advice to that person on how to traverse that path of, of career of choice. So you would first list the challenges for that person. So you tell the person that, listen, at this stage, you will come across this challenge and this is how you react to it. And at this stage, you will come across this challenge and this should be your reaction. When you reach this point, this is the problem, this is the challenge and this is how you react. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not use this approach. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the reaction before He speaks of the challenge that you are going to encounter in life, which is unique. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by telling us how to react. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us of the challenges and the trials that we are going to face in, in life. Allah lists the challenges. As you travel along life path, there will be fear. You'll be tested with fear. There'll be loss of investment. There'll be loss of cultivation. There'll be loss of life. These are the challenges. But Allah does not start off by listing the challenges. He starts off by listing, the, by, by, by informing us of the reaction and instructing us as how we are required to react. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu sta'inu bi sabri wa salah. Again, 
drawing our attention to the important fact that we have control over the reaction, not the situation. And that is why it's so important for us to learn, to know how to react in the face of affliction. The first, the first aspect or the first reaction Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of is sabr. Ya sabr. What does sabr mean? We have learned that sabr translates as patience or we know that sabr means to persevere. But practically, what does sabr actually mean? When you look at the linguistic meaning of sabr, sabr, if you turn to the dictionary, to English dictionary, and you look under the root letters, sad, ba, ra, you think when you get there, you will find the translation patience. But that's not the translation you find. When you get there, yes, further down, you'll find it translated as patience, perseverance, and so on and so forth. But sabr, Sabara actually means something, something up, to shackle something down that wants to escape. That's what sabr means. So when calamity strikes, when a musibah befalls a person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the first thing you need to do is to exercise sabr. Because at that point and at that time, there are many words that wish to escape from your mouth. There are emotions that wish to burst. And there are even perhaps certain physical gestures that you wish to carry out. All of that requires what? Shackling, fastening, and tying it down. So that's the first aspect when it comes to reaction to our afflictions and losses in life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says you got to keep it together. That's the first thing you do. Istainu. You got to call out for help, Allah says. You need help. Don't think you can deal with it on your own or that you have a mechanism to deal with that loss and that, and that uh, calamity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says you need help. Istainu. Call out for help. Seek help. How do you do it? Number one, through sabr. Shackling down those emotions. Fastening the tongue. So you only utter that which makes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. The second aspect when it comes to our reaction to affliction, how we respond and how we react in the event of loss, in the event of calamity and hardship, is to have hope and to believe in that the calamity, the affliction, the loss that you have suffered is a great source of reward for you. You must believe that, that this affliction, this loss that I am suffering, the calamity, it is a great, great source of reward. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rather, he spoke about something known as ihtisab. Ihtisab, when it comes to good deeds and the reward of good deeds. What is ihtisab? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, the reward for the good deed that you perform or the reward promised to you for that good deed it will be given to you on the condition that you carried out the good deed with ihtisab. What is ihtisab? With the hope that I get the reward of the good deed. So it's such a great source of reward. So I must believe and I must be convinced that this loss that I'm suffering, on one hand it's a loss, but on the other hand, which is far more important than the loss and the calamity and the pain, is the fact that Allah has made it a source of great reward for me. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa speaks of this and he says, 
ما يصيب المسلم من نصب ولا وصب ولا هم ولا حزن ولا أذن ولا غم A believer, regardless of what he suffers, whether he suffers exhaustion, whether he suffers from tiredness, he suffers from anxiety, he suffers from grief, he suffers from sorrow, he suffers any pain. The Prophet ﷺ says, even to the extent of a thorn pricking him, he suffers that amount of discomfort. In return, what does Allah give him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive him of his sins. So number two, number one we spoke about, sabr, keeping it together, fastening my emotions, tying down my tongue, the words that I wish to utter. And number two is to hope and to believe that this calamity and this loss is indeed a great source of reward for me. Al-Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, why does Allah test? Someone asked him, why does Allah test us? Why is it every now and again there's a calamity that I face, this grief that I deal with, there's this anxiety that I encounter? Imam Ahmad ibn Muhammad says, listen here, had it not been for the troubles, had it not been for the calamities, had it not been for the problems of life, you will come before Allah as a bankrupt person. So we take comfort in the fact and we draw solace from the fact that every discomfort, pain, sorrow, grief, it is a source of great reward for me. Subhanallah, it changes your whole perspective. It changes your whole, not that we should hope for it. We know there are great rewards for it. We should never ask for it, even though the rewards are so great. We never ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to test us, even though we know the rewards are so great. We should always ask Allah for afiyah. Always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for afiyah. But inevitably, you will experience loss. You will experience difficulty so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may reward you in return. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, because it is a source of great reward for many. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, if Allah wants good for you, now think about it. Outwardly it seems bad, right? Outwardly it seems like it's, like it's a, a, a test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on me because of something that I might have done or something that I might have said. But look at the psychology of the hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, if Allah wants good for you, Allah will test you. If Allah wants good for you, Allah will test you. Why? Because that test is a great source of reward. It's a great source of reward for you. So if Allah is testing you, Allah wants a whole lot of reward for you, which you will definitely see in Akhirah. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ إِذَا سَبَقَتْ لَهُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَنْزِلَةِ We're discussing a believer's reaction to affliction. A believer's reaction to affliction. We're on point number two. When you are afflicted, believe in the fact, take comfort in the fact, this is a source of great reward for me. What did the Prophet say with regards to this being a source of reward? Nabi says, There's a slave and a servant of Allah. Allah has, Allah has reserved a very lofty and special spot for him in Jannah. But his deeds are not so strong. The ibadah that he carries out 
and so on and so forth. He doesn't have enough good deeds to elevate him to that very lofty position. But Allah reserved it for him. That's your spot. No one else is going to take that spot. Allah has reserved it for you. Allah wants you to get up there. Your deeds cannot elevate you. So what does Allah do? The Prophet ﷺ says, اللَّهُ فِي جَسَدِهِ Allah will test you with your health. You might suffer a disability. You might suffer from an illness. And the higher Allah wants you to go, the harder Allah will push you. Or Allah might test you with your wealth, the Prophet ﷺ says. Oh, fi mali. Oh, fi waladi. Allah will test you with your child. You might lose a child. Your child might be affected with a certain illness. Or perhaps suffers a certain disability. It's a test. It's a great test. Why is Allah testing me? Allah is pushing me higher and higher and higher. He really wants you to, to reach that lofty position. So Allah will test you. And then Allah will give you the ability to persevere and to be patient. Until Allah allows you to reach that position. You'll get there. You will make it there. So every test is a form of your elevation. You may not see it in this dunya, although Allah will bless you in other ways in this world as well. But the true, the true reward of the test that you suffered in this, in this world, we see it in Akhirah, when that special spot that Allah had reserved for you becomes available for you. Number three, a believer's reaction to affliction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, number one, a sabr. Keep it together. It's difficult. It's easier said than done when you get the news and you hear of a loss, right? It's very, very hard to keep it together and to just hang in there. But that's number one, sabr. Number two, we spoke of believe that that test is a source of your reward and your elevation. Number three, Allah says, Ista'inu bisabri wa salah, salah. Salah, the broader meaning is connect to Allah. Connect with Allah. We are composed of the physical self, the psychological self, the emotional self, and the spiritual self. When you are tested, the test is either, either physical test. So you are suffering from a physical ailment, right? Or you are tested psychologically. You are suffering from anxiety or whatever mental, um, mental problem there may be out there. Or you are suffering emotionally. You and your wife are going through this emotional um, trauma. So these are the tests out there. Physical, psychological or emotional. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us that each one of these components, they draw strength. They draw, draw support from your spiritual side. Remember that. So that's why Allah says, As-salah. When you are faced with calamity, focus. We don't say ignore all the other measures out there, you should also obviously make use of the psychological help that lies out there, the medical help that you may need, the counseling and so on and so forth that you may need. All of that is necessary. But your focus and your attention should be on what? On your spiritual self. Focus on that. Because that psychological test that you are going through to deal with it and to get strength to deal with it, to find the comfort, to find the support, comes from your spiritual self. Your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya sahib al-ham, inna al-hamma munfarijun, la tajza'anna inna al-farij allahu, 
That's why the poet says, Ya Sahib al Ham, O you, O you who are suffering from grief, anxiety, fear, rest assured that it will pass. That unfavorable phase that you are experiencing, it will pass. He says, What you should do? Tie yourself to Allah. Thiq billah. Tie yourself to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna al-farija huwa Allahu. Allah is the one who grants relief. When Yusuf alayhi salam, when he was in the well, and at that point, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the scene. Can you imagine that he must have experienced at that point he was all alone in this dark pit in some um, wilderness area. At that point, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِ لَتُنَبِّئَنَّهُمْ بِأَمْرِهِمْ هَذَا وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ The Mufassirin explained, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this revelation to him. Why? إِنَّهُ أَوْحَى إِلَى يُوسُفِ طَيِّقْ تَطْيِيبًا لِقَلْبِهِ Allah wanted to, Allah wanted to comfort his heart and bring relief to. This morning someone sent me a message reminding us of the mother of, the mother of Musa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the scene when she lost her child Musa. She did not lose her child to death. She did not lose her child to Malakul Maut. She lost her child to the river Nile. And Allah subhanahu wa speaks of that situation and speaks of um, her condition in, at that particular time. Allah describes the scene for us. Allah says, وَأَصْبَحَ فُؤَادُ أُمِّ مُوسَى فَارِغَةً Allah says the fu'ad of the mother of Musa. Now the word fu'ad is used for heart. There are different words used in the Quran for heart. Generally we use qalb. When do you say fu'ad? You say fu'ad when it's burning with emotions. It comes from fa'idah. Fa'idah means something is hot. So when the heart is burning with emotions and full of emotions, then you describe it as fu'ad. Allah says at that time when she released her little baby into the ocean or into the river Nile, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says her heart was full with emotions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it was farigha. She could not think of anything else but Musa alayhi salam. Ask the mother who lost her child. What she eats right now is unimportant to her. What she wears right now is unimportant to her. Where she sleeps, what car she drives, all of that is unimportant to her. Her memories, her thoughts all revolve around the child that she has lost. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says on that occasion, We'll conclude on this. Allah says, what did we do? We rabata. So we spoke about tying, right? And fastening and shackling things down. So the first thing you got to tie, your emotions, your thoughts, your expressions. That's called sabab. You just got to keep it together. Then we spoke about tying yourself to Allah, connecting yourself to Allah. When you do one and two, when you keep it all together, and when you connect yourself to Allah and you tie yourself to Allah, then number three will happen. We will fasten your heart. We will tie your heart. We will keep your emotions together. We will grant you the relief and the comfort that you require. We will fortify your heart. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the understanding. The most important thing when we're going through a difficulty and a hard time, is we should use that as an opportunity to find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Turn each anxiety, turn every fear, turn every moment of grief into a dua, into a supplication. Look at it as another opportunity to put your hand, your head down in sajda and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.